This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast, new season, episode one, we're on season three now, thanks for joining. We've got a bumper episode today, we're joined by Les Ferdinand, DOF, Sir Les, which we're looking forward to, he should be joining us in about five to ten minutes, um, which we're really looking forward to, who we've got on the pod today, we've got Duncan, how are you mate? Uh, I'm good mate, how are you? I'm okay, I'm okay, you excited? I'm really excited, I'm looking forward to this one, like... Grew up, Les Ferdinand was my idol, mate. Bad He's boy. never going to be a striker, but I looked up to him. <laughs> you guys with Brad? How are you? On death's door? Oh, I felt better, boys, but it's good to be back on. I got a bit of a cold. But, you know, I, I managed to come on. I'm looking forward to this one. And, yeah. You remember Les Ferdinand? Did you ever see him play? I can't remember. I was, bo- I was born in 95, so... I, I, it, <laughs> a bit young, isn't he? A bit young. But I've seen the highlights of things like that and what a player he was. And we're also joined by Up The Rs, Ollie. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Positive for this one. Two interviews in one day. You interviewed Joe Gibbett, Gubbins earlier today. Yeah, yeah. How did that go? Decent, decent lad, to be fair, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, anyone listening, fancy giving that a listen, go over to the Up The Rs. So here we are, lads. New season. Seems to have got come around so quickly. It's one of those, isn't it? Like, you can't wait for the season to end. And then a few weeks in and you want the new season to come already. Um, how do we think we're fair? We're looking going into Saturday. Um, it's a mad one, isn't it? Because it's only a week earlier than normal. But like you said, it feels like it's coming really quickly. Yeah. Um, but actually getting down to the nitty gritty with Blackburn. I mean, I mean, it's a bit of a bizarre one, isn't it? Because... Obviously, we've got Mick in, new manager. They've got old uh, John Dow Thomason in, new manager. So we don't really know much about what like his style of football is going to be. Um, so I don't know. Like, it could be. A, I think it might be a bit of a like cagey affair. I think I could see it being a quite a like a narrow one 0 win either way or a, a draw. I, I think it's going to be hard to tell for the first couple of games of the season what our style of football is going to be. I, th- I think I agree to be honest. I think you've got to take pre-season with a pinch of salt. You know, the players are just gaining their fitness and, and things like that, really. And and gelling and getting used to Mick and, and the new staff that's, that's come with Mick. So, obviously, the first game, obviously, I don't want to say it's going to be a write-off, but, you know, it's like we, we, we look like we're going to go out and definitely we're going to get these three points, I think, because I, I like the, the look of Mick and I, I like the look of how the team... So Morel is at the moment, uh, after speaking with George uh, on the last episode, and you know, it just looked it looked just looked like there was good vibes there. And obviously, Mick is a very good talker, and, and in his interviews, he comes across like a nice bloke that wants to do well. And so, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. So we have to just see. Both both teams ended ended the season last season similarly, didn't they? I.e., that they were up there and they fell off, and they. Not neither of us have made massive wholesale changes. I know Blackburn have only made one sign or something, but they they've lost a lot of their players as well. Um, so it's 
I just I still do think we're we're a little short, if you ask me, in a couple of areas going into the season. A couple a one-off game at Blackburn. I think we've probably got enough to give them a good game and and, and, and you know we don't tend to do well at Ewood Park though, do we? No. But do, you, do you want the stats for that? I've got no, the stats no. for our we got on at Ewood Park, mate. So our gay um right so uh, our record at Ewood Park since um ninety-nine, we've played eleven. One zero, drawn two and lost nine. So any any fan that is going for first game of season up to Ewood Park, mate, I'll give you a clap now because that's some dedication. Knowing our record up there at the minute, it's trains as well. There's no no bloody trains, is there? It's just a nightmare, no. isn't it? Ollie, what's your view, mate? Um, yeah, as as you guys said, I think we are a little bit short, but I think. You could say the same for Blackburn, really. Um, I think ultimately, you know, for us, I think the first game of the season is almost like, it almost feels a bit like a pre-season game. You want to get off to a good start, but, you know, if, if, you, if you, as long as you put in a good performance, that's kind of all I want to see. I'm not, you know, I would love to win. I think I'd be very happy with a draw, but I just want to see us look exciting. It's been quite a long time since we've looked at a match and thought, you know, we were actually really decent in that, so... I just want to see. I just want to see something that gives me a bit of hope because I think we're in a similar situation to Blackburn. Um, and off the back end of the last season, we were, we were awful. So if if we put on a good performance, we show a bit more flair, a bit more excitement, then that's all I'm after. But I'll take a point happily. It was like um, I don't think. If Roberts is out, I don't think Amos and Willick are going to start. I'm not sure on this Richards either. So it feels like the team's probably going to be close to what it was at Palace with with Dieng and, and, and probably Kakai right back, maybe Albert, um, Dickie, Salter, Pale. And then you've got Johansson, Field and Dazelle with Chair, Chair up front with either Shadupu or Doma and Dykes up front. It's probably what team's not going to be too different to that, does it? I'm not sure, you know. I, I think he's going to. Oh, yeah. I think he will go for Dykes, but I think Bond. I think he likes the look of Bond. I, I, mm. I could see Bond being on that starting eleven, and and I could just. I don't know. For him, it's either he's going to come out and he's going to do wonders because obviously there's definitely a player there, and and he he seems like he's getting on with Mick. So you know, for him, if he wants to move on, which I don't know if he does or he doesn't, but by how he was talking, but he might want to come out and do a, a good performance and, and show people what he's actually about. And So I don't know. I'd, he probably will go for Dykes, but I can see Bon as well. So it'd be a bit... He'd want to keep him on the bench, I would have thought. He'd want to keep some firepower on the bench, wouldn't he? I think... I don't know. I can't see Willick being on the bench, but he's... Beal talks like he's going to be or that he's certainly an option, but he hasn't played a minute for pre-season. He hasn't played since February. I, I, I don't know. It feels a bit... I don't know, it feels a bit soon to be putting him even on the bench, yeah. even giving him 20 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's a massive risk, isn't it? Yeah, feels like it. But it'd be interesting to see if he obviously plays chair and Thomas. You know, I know you said, you know, I don't know if Thomas is going to be in that in that mix as well. You know, after like I said on the previous episode, speaking with Mick, he, he did like the look of Thomas. So, you know, no one knows what he's going to come out and do, but... I still think there's going to be a couple of people leaving personally. I don't know who that will be, but I just listened to to, to Mick Bill's interview and he said that they're, you know, the squad's going to look slightly different come the end of August. And I just think these fringe players might, I don't know, Thomas, I, 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 he's all strange one, isn't he? Because we've got the big four, they've got the four players out. When they come back in, where does where does that leave him? You know, you Robert, say Moss, Richards and, and, and Willock, when they come in, where he, he didn't yeah. start Saturday. Would you so Richards is more of a like a central midfielder that's going to be in that three, yeah, rather than I, know, so I suppose Thomas is more of an option for the front three rather than the middle three, isn't he? If we're playing with like these wide number tens or as number tens rather than strikers, you'd think that Thomas is in that bracket of player rather than the midfield bracket of player. Yeah, but you've got Roberts up there, you've got Chair, you've got Willock, you've got Shadupu. You know, where does he I, fall in that? Wait, I, I reckon if you're going to loan one of them out, you're going to loan Shadupu, aren't you? Again, like for me, from what I've seen, I'd rather have Thomas than Shadupu, personally. I think Thomas can do job. with a good loan. Ollie, what do you think, mate? 
Um, I, actually, I actually think having Thomas will probably be massively important for us this season. I, I think, you know, he is very quick. Like, there's no nine that he's got a good bit of pace about him. I think seven, you know, with the five sub rule, having yeah. someone like Thomas on the bench, you, you know, he, he's quick. I can't remember what game it was last season. He came on and made a massive difference. Um, I think, you know, if he, if he can be someone that's on the bench, gets a bit more game time this season, 70-odd minutes... Up against, up against you know a team that we want want to try and beat. I think he's perfect. He might not have the uh, you know finishing ability that some other players have, but he's got the he's got the speed. He's got the agility. I think he do he did good off the bench. I think it'll be it'll be quite good if he does leave because at the end of the day, you know, it would remind me of several other situations where we've let someone go and they've gone and smashed it somewhere else. <clears throat> But I suppose you can't just hold on to them, waiting mm. for them to, to do a performance. But I know we've got to remember as well, we've, we've had a lot of players go out. Um, and obviously our bench last season, I know we, we didn't do that well towards the end of last season, but our bench did look, you know, half, half decent. I know we had goalkeeper injuries and things like that. But for me now, we've got a very young team and our bench isn't, well, it's not fair to say it isn't as strong, but I don't think it's as strong as it could be. No, I think the thing with that is though a lot of the teams in this league aren't strengthening a lot apart from the ones that have come down from the Premier League. Mm. So it's going to be a I think it's going to be a bit of a weird season this season for a lot of teams. I think like there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be flittering in that kind of sixteenth to sixth kind of place. Because I think we're going to be I think we're going to be well in that mix, and I think there's a lot of teams that don't have the financial power that other teams have. I, I just think that it's, we haven't signed enough. I, I still think we're after a few players, but I just don't. I think that a we're every club at the moment. It feels like there's not much difference between your Wiggins and your Burnleys, you know, in relation to caliber of players that that they can attract and get. I just feel like that, you know, the freeze and the loans is all is where most people are at at the moment. There's not much money being spent, and I think that it makes it difficult for every club. You know, it feels like every time we're linked to a player, so six other clubs are also linked to him, you know, um, yeah. and are after him as well. And I guess that makes it difficult for any club, doesn't it, to try and you know, who can offer the best deal? Who the can, you know, it's been pretty awful, though, hasn't it, so far? I don't, I don't think it's it's been doing much in the championship. So I don't know whether these next upcoming week, week or two, it's going to, it's just going to, you know, all hell's going to break loose. Well, on that note, we could probably ask the man himself. We're joined by the man himself, Director of Football, Les Ferdinand. Sir Les, how are you? Very well, thanks. Not bad at all. Thanks, Chaps. Thanks for having me on. No worries. How, thanks for coming on. Busy time for you, so we really appreciate it. How's, how's your day been? What have you Pretty been up to? Uh, lots of meetings. Uh, yeah. Yeah, with a manager, with, a, with the owners and everything else, and, and just trying to get things in place for... For uh, I say the start of the season, the start of the season is two days away, but um, we're still working on stuff that we'd like to bring in. Um, manager wants a few more players, so we're we're working on a few bits and pieces. People feel like it's come around really quickly the season this time. Obviously, it's only a week, but we were saying that it feels like it's been a lot quicker. Um, obviously, the season starts Saturday. How do you think we're shaping up, and and um, how do you think we're going to fare? I like what I've seen in, in pre-season. Um, obviously, we, we we're a lot younger than we have been in recent years. Um, but we, we knew that was going to be the case. Uh, so, um, you know, I like what I've seen. Uh, obviously, we're, we're missing a couple in, in terms of Chrissy Willock and, you know, not full fitness yet. But um, I think when them boys are fully fit, then, you know, we'll have a good go again this season. One question I really want to ask from a director of football. What, what is it like being the director of football of QPR at the moment? And what's it been like? And what, what's your day-to-day role, really? What do we, be good to understand what it, what you do day to day. What does it looks like? It's really funny. I, I was on a I was on a course a, a couple of well probably about eighteen months ago with a FA course and there was about 14, 14 of us on the on the course, um, all different directors of football at different football clubs throughout the leagues. And the one thing you do understand is it means different things at different football clubs. Right. Um. You know, we 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 have foreign owners. Some some directors of football are based. Uh, purely on transfers and, 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 and bringing players into the football club. Others have different roles that they play at that football club. And, you know, my role's a bit different to just uh, bringing players in. Um, you know, we we changed the medical staff. We changed the uh, uh, 
the, the sports scientist. We did we did everything, and that that's that's my domain, the training ground, and and everything the manager wants. Um, I'm there to try and assist him in in, in, in getting him what he, he wants and what's right for the football club. You've been at QPR for I don't think we were looking. It's like 18, 19 years. You've been at QPR. <laughs> I don't know if that, if that if it feels like that to you. Um, uh, but since you've been DOF, you've had a big, a big shift in what you've had to do. And I, 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 I don't know if you've, you're privy to what goes on on social media and, and, and fan views, but I always feel like the fans never get the full picture of what goes on. Um, they only get drip fed whatever is leaked out or given by the media or, or just a view. But if, if I always feel if they had the, the full view, they'd have a real good understanding of exactly your role in that and what you do. Does it feel a bit unfair sometimes when they don't have that? I mean, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't go, I'm not on any sort of social media. The only thing I've got is WhatsApp. Um, and that's not because I'm director of football. It's just, that's not something that I'm interested in. And mm. um, I, I find it toxic. I find it poisonous because people are giving views on things that they don't actually know about. Um, exactly. It's just what they think. It's what, as you just said there, they don't have the full, I, they don't have the full knowledge of what's going on, but they've got an opinion on it. And, and this is what football's all about. People have opinions, they have different opinions what shouldn't shouldn't be done and so on and so forth. And you have to respect that because some of them are paying public. Some people just want to jump on the bandwagon and give their opinion about things that they, they don't really know about. And, you know, they, they read speculation um, in the papers and um, they, they go and comment on it. And it, it always makes me laugh because I always, always think as, as a director of football and, you know, it's one of the things that we spoke about while I was on this course, if a, if a good player comes into the football club and does really well, then the manager's done a really good job. If the player comes in and he doesn't do quite well, then it's the director of football's fault. So <laughs> you never get any praise, you never get anything, but you, you kind of understand it. And, you know, coming through the door, I knew this was a big project in terms of the way we needed to turn the club around and how we, the way we needed to go. And that's what we've, you know, aimed to do and strive to do in every sort of like manager, every appointment that we've made. Um, it's been along the lines of trying to develop players. Um, we wanted managers that are coming. Uh, who are going to develop players and we know that we need for us to be sustainable as a football club and to move forward as a football club we need more essays we need more players that come through the door uh, for not a lot of money and go out for a little bit more than they've come in for for us to be able to turn that around and, and be able to benefit the football club I don't want to dwell too much on last season but one question I do have is obviously where we were where, where we ended up what have we taken some learns from that, and is there any? And have we? Will we take those learns into this season? Yeah, I think you know the players that um, were involved in that last year. Some of the players that are still here, obviously, some of the players have left, but um, the ones that are still here will 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 will, will be hurting from that, and you know they'll be better for the experience. I wish they didn't have ha they didn't have to have had that experience. You know, I think we was all hoping that we'd get to the promised land or at least the playoffs anyway. Um, you know and the players that are left over that endured that last season, um, the, the back end of last season, uh, are really disappointed and want to do something about that. Obviously, we talk about current situations, um, but it'd be rude not to touch on the career that you had in football. Um, I was actually listening to a, to a podcast with Ian Wright the other day who was talking about, you know, back in the day, how many good strikers there were. And you were playing football in an era where the Premier League and the England team were so rich with with just top quality strikers you know like Sheringham Wright yourself Shearer Lineker Fowler you know there's so much quality what was it like for you having to you know come up against the likes of them guys because now you know you have maybe two or three that are up there for golden boot but you know back then it was there was loads of them yeah no, it was it was always a, it was always a challenge and it's what kept me going um, you know, having the likes of Wrighty, having the likes of Shearer, Sheringham, all the people that you mentioned, you know, I mean, when I first started, you know, people like David Hurst were there, who, you know, was, a, was an exceptional striker scoring goals on a regular basis. And that's what kept you on your toes. That's what, that's where your competition was. You know, Chris Sutton came into the, into the running, you know, um, Matt Letizia, who you haven't mentioned, but, you know, there were loads of strikers about and every week you'd see them scoring. You used to think to yourself, I need to score because I want to. I want to be in that. I want. I, I want to be talked about in the same classes and in the same way that they're being spoken about. So the only way you could do that was to to score. So they was like 
um, they, they were inspirations for me. Um, I, I looked up to them and thought, yeah, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be talked about. So if they're scoring 10, I've got to be scoring 10. Yeah. Obviously, some of your best form came at the R's. Is it 80 goals in 163 games? I mean, it's not a bad record, is it? Um, obviously, returning to QPR after after being such a such a great player for us, what was the, what's the relationship like with the fans? Is it good rapport? Yeah, I think on on on, on most occasions, um, whenever I see the fans, it, it, it's always a it's always a nice feeling. Obviously, there's there's the ones that are disappointed with the way that, that the years have gone since I've been back, and and there'd be the ones that criticise. Some of them don't know because uh, so, some of the supporters are a bit younger and didn't see me play at, uh, at Loftus Road. Um, but like I said, people have opinions and they're entitled to their opinions. Um, but you know, from what I did at the club, you know, I was I was always pleased with uh, what I did and the way I left the club. Um, and 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 I suppose the the reception I got when I came back um, was uh, I always think about that and think, you know, you go away from someone. Normally, you come back and you get booed by the by by your by your old, old team. And 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 to be um, to have the reception I had when I came back. Um, just made me realise that, you know, while I was there, um, I th that the supporters appreciated everything I did for them at that time. Yeah. Do you think there's a difference between, you know, being a striker now and a striker back when you were in the game? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I, when, I, when, I, when I played, for the majority of my career, I played with, you know, two strikers. So there was, you know, myself and whether it was Bradley Allen, whether it was Kevin Gallen, whether I played with Roy Wegley, um, you know, Mark Falco, I played with it on occasions. There was always there was always two up top. And I think football's changed in in that, you know, most teams now play with that single striker and play with like maybe two tens or one ten and and so on and so forth. It's become a little bit more I don't know if it's defence orientated, but certainly it's different to, to, to when I play. Obviously talking about your football career, you know, job as DOF. Obviously we we touch on the five-year plan that Tony talked about many years ago. Um, obviously, it didn't go to plan, you know, the way that we wanted to, but is, is there another plan in place or, or, is, or is it more about, you know, seeing where we're at and, and what we can do over the next few, few years? Yeah, I think it's seeing where we're at. You know, as you, as you know, when you, when you make plans and they don't go right, everyone gets disappointed. Um, the one thing I've always spoken about is us trying to be competitive and have assets in the team. Um, and I think we've got that now um, when you look at us and it's about having those assets, but those assets are not assets unless you realise them. And for, for too long now, we haven't actually realised the assets that we've got in our team, but we have got assets rather than not having, having them, which was what the situation was maybe, you know, five, six years ago. Yeah. Obviously, you, we talk about kind of assets. Obviously, parachute payments is something that is quite big in the championship at the moment a lot of clubs spending a lot of money um but the Premier League close to agreeing a deal um termed the new deal for football you know cutting parachute payments uh adding cost control merit-based funding for championship and more grants for kind of EFL projects etc just how big could that be for for teams you know like QPR and, and even teams lower than us I think it's massive because you know obviously the team's coming down and I think in recent years we've seen the teams that come down and generally the teams that end up going back up, barring maybe one or two in, in the last five or six years. Um, and with those parachute payments, um, what they can do, and I think, you know, you look at it, someone asked me the question yesterday, um, the Je uh, Jesse Lingard situation, where a club can take him for a year um, and pay him decent money because they've got that parachute payment, uh, you know, and if it doesn't work out, or, you know, they've got the money that's gone into the, in, they've spent going into the Premier League, and if they if it doesn't work out for them in, in that year and they get relegated, they could get rid of him. Whereas some years ago, us in the same situation, we had a load of guys on big money that when we came down, we couldn't get rid of. Um, so if you take away that parachute payment, it kind of like gives a bit more of a level playing field in terms of, you know, because we have to abide by the, the financial fair play, which is, you know, current in the championship, and which is the thing that really hinders the clubs like us going forward. Les, I just want to jump in and speak to you a bit about Mick Beale. I'm just interested in um, in the interview process. What about Mick stood out? I think if you, you've listened to, if you've heard Mick speak, and I'm sure you have, um, his enthusiasm, um, 
the, his ideas on the way uh, he wants football to be played. Um, he understands QPR because he's, he's watched QPR from afar for a long time, being a London uh, London fellow. So he understands the style that QPR's played, played in. The fact that he wants to develop and he comes from that development background and that's been a big part of his career. Um, and we know as a club, that's what we need. You know, we need, we need to have younger players that get developed, not just younger players in the team. We need them to get developed because... For, like I said right at the beginning, for us to realise and get to where we want to go, unfortunately, we need to sell a couple more of our players for big, big, bigger money to be able to finance the club to move it forward. How have the, how have the players taken to Bill? Obviously, they just quick and it, you know, all just went well. And yeah, I, I think they've all been, you know, uh, you know, a couple of them talking about the coaching and the way that the way that they're being coached at the moment and really enjoying it because they're seeing perhaps flaws in their games that are now being addressed and they're moving forward and feeling better in what they're doing. Now, time will tell that, you know, proof is in the pudding and, you know, when the, when the, when the season starts, we'll have a better opinion on that. But, um, you know, I think at the moment, all the players have taken to what, 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 um, what the manager's doing and the way that he's doing it. And the fact that he's, the coaches that he's brought alongside him and he's given them big responsibilities to take units and do the work with the units, um, um, it seems to be appealing. And I think the fact there's a real feel good factor about the place at the moment. And that's to do with us being on the, everyone being on the same side as well. Because I'm now watching our young players who may have finished training or they're in for, for treatment or whatever, coming over and watching the first team play. And those are their idols. Those are the guys that they look up to and want to, you know, want, aspire to be. And now they're seeing them at close quarters. So there's a real nice, a real good feel around the, the training ground at the moment. Was he always Real on the quick, short list? I just want to quickly jump in. Yeah, about, that's, that's one question I was going to ask around. How many? How much interest did you get for the job? Because you always get the, oh, no, who would want to take over QPR kind of, you know, people say. And I always think that's not true And because um, anyone would love to take over QPR, I'm sure. Did you have much interest? And do you have people knocking down your door, phoning you up? You know, was there a lot of interest? We had, we had loads of interest, yeah. loads of interest um, for QPR. And every time, we, you know, the jobs become available. Um, we've had, we've always had loads of interest. In fact, we've lost managers, and before I leave the training ground, people are already calling me. Uh, it's been announced on, on the on the news, and as I'm leaving the training ground, after telling the manager that he's lost his job, I've got calls before I've even got to the gate saying, like, you know, we know that your manager might be on his way. I want to, you know, there's always team, always people that are interested in wanting to boss, uh, be the manager, keep you. Did have Ian Holloway on the phone again? Did you? Phone did you? <laughs> I, I did. I did have Ian on the on the phone, but it wasn't about the job. It was oh, just okay. he was just doing as well. Um, I noticed in one of the videos recently of around the um, the new training ground that your office is next to Mix. Was that done deliberately so you two can have like clear communication? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was uh, it was the way that the, the way the offices were, and, and and we do, you know, he comes and sits in my office most days. I go and sit in his office, and and it, there's this big thing being banded around that me and me and Mark, uh, you know, didn't see eye to eye, and you know, in time to come, I'm, I'm sure Mike will, will, will speak about it. But that was never the case. Um, you know, everyone made out I fell out with Mark, and Mark fell out with me, and and that was never the case. Um, I think we had a, a, a healthy relationship in terms of work. Um, I wouldn't say to you, I went round his house after 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 training, and we came round my house. He did on one or two occasions, but it wasn't a it wasn't a regular situation. But um, you know, the only things we ever spoke about was the, the 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 football team and how could we improve it. What was what was best for the football team and how could we improve it? And like I said before, everybody everybody has an opinion on football, and we just we spoke football. Um, every every decision he made did I agree with? No, but I don't pick the team. It's not my job to pick the team. Manager picks the team. That's why he's there. Um, but, you know, if I asked you guys, did you agree with every team that Mark picked last season? You'd probably say no. So I'm the same. I'm not the serious guy here, but I didn't say to Mark, oh, you got to play this one, you got to play. That's none of my business. My job is, as director of football is to try and help this club progress. Yeah. Um, obviously, we, when we spoke to you at the kit launch, I asked you like if there's going to be like a new striker like yourself, and you mentioned Sinclair Armstrong. Obviously, we've also seen he's going to be probably in the squad for Saturday's game. Like, how, what is his ceiling? Like, how far can he go? How good can he be? 
And where, what kind of role do you think he's going to have this season? Well, I don't want to put too much pressure on the kid at the moment. Um, but I think, you know, um, the, the fact that the manager is, you know, saying that he'll probably be part of the squad uh, at the weekend just tells you how well he's done in, in, in pre-season. Um, he's been involved and he, he's hungry, he's strong, he's powerful. I look at him and I think, wow, um, you know, you've got it all at... This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. All, all in front of you. Um, and it is all in front of him. It's whether he takes the leap and whether he, he takes on board the instructions that he gets. Um, I think he could be anything. You know, looking at him, he could be anything. Obviously, you ever get the boots back on, Les, and get out there and, and go with Sinclair, come here. I'd love to, you know, and, and, but like I said, you know, unless the manager said to me, look, Les, I want you to go and work with Sinclair, I don't, I don't get involved in, uh, you know, I never did it with Mark, and none of the managers have come in. I mean, Ian came in and he said to me, um, look, you know, how can we have you at the football club and not use you? You know, you've got your coaching badges, you've done everything, you've done your pro licence. So if you can help our centre forwards, then, you know, I'm, I'm happy for you to come out and do that. Um, but I would never put that on any manager and say, look, I want to do this, that and the other. We talk. Uh, he's got good coaches around him. And, you know, sometimes when I'm out watching the training and they're doing a, a forwards drill, you know, sometimes the coaches would ask me, what do you think of that? And, and I'll just give my opinion on where I think he can help to improve. But never, I never get myself involved in, in what goes on. I just want so, I it from the in your, in your In your opinion, who's the most natural finisher at the club then? Well, uh, probably Charlie Kilman. Yeah. Charlie Kilman's a very, very good finisher. That's a bet when you turn up, bet when you turn up, they all go, they all nudge each other and go, he's here, he's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm out, I'm out most days watching training anyway. And I, oh. you know, I, I, I kind of like having a laugh and a joke with them. And, and give Surely them that, goal gets, that goal gets brought up, United. <laughs> No, I'm too I'm, young, but obviously I've seen it on YouTube. What? You've got it on your phone. You bring it out on your phone. Come and have a look at this. I just talk about Satan and go, what's the Premier League years or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Les, uh, last one from me. If you could pick a player from when you were playing at QPR to come into the current squad, which player would it be and why? Well, OK, current squad. That's a really good question, and I've got I've got I've got two players in mind. Yeah, and I'll give you both of them. Right, <laughs> first one you won't be surprised by this. It's probably Ray Wilkins. Yeah, right, because when he came to the club, the way he changed everybody's mindset in terms of what he did and how he did it, um, everyone went along with him. For for that reason, I would have Ray, but because of our current squad and the way they play. And the way we need to play, I would probably pick Andy Sinton because he put loads of crosses on Lyndon Dyke's head. <laughs> so I'm going to come in on with the old quick fire, like I like doing on these. Okay. Podcasts. So just give him the answers, you know, the best you can. Who is the best manager you played under? Oh, jeez. Who did I enjoy the most, or the best manager? Best manager you played under. really tough I think tactically I always say probably Terry Venables but Glenn Hoddle was really close as well in terms of that what, what, what away ground did you hate playing at? Plough Lane and then which one did you enjoy playing at the most? Goodison Park oh, good. <laughs> always got a goal there didn't you? yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Who was the most enjoyable striker partner you played alongside? Probably Alan, um, because people didn't think we could play together. And in uh, in in the one year that we did play together, we were top goal scorers in the in the Premier League that year. When you look back on your career, what was your biggest highlight? I always say sort of like playing for England, um, because as a kid, you re- you know you talk about wanting to play at Wembley for England and to realise that dream um, would would be one of them. And then I suppose being voted PFA Player of the Year would be the other. What, uh, was there one moment in your career that you wish you had done different? Yeah, probably when I left Newcastle to go to, to Spurs. Um, I kind of like made a decision based on pride rather than what was the best thing for my footballing career at the time. What's the hardest part of your career now? Your <laughs> the hardest part yeah. is not being able to affect the game. Sitting up in the stand week in, week in, week out. Because we're in the stand, let's let's get it right. We're all not Lionel Messi, aren't we? <laughs> None of us. That comes on to, comes on to my next one. Messi or Ronaldo. <laughs> None of us miss a chance. None of us miss a miss a pass. You know, what I mean, we're all the best up there. Um, yeah, that's the most frustrating part right now. Uh, Messi or Ronaldo? Brazilian Ronaldo. Just <laughs> <Good laughs> yeah, you there, isn't I? Uh, I like yeah, you have. <laughs> who was your bro- who was your bromance at your time at QPR? Bromance, Clive Wilson. Clive Wilson. If you were sitting in the stadium as a fan, which stand would you be sitting in aloft the road? Where I sit now, South Africa. And this one's going to be quite hard on you, but five aside team of everyone you have played with. Oh mate. Okay, <laughs> go on. Everyone I've played with. Have a you can't Seaman. pick yourself. You can't pick yourself. Seaman, yeah. Hey, Dave Seaman. Seaman. I'll go. Tony Adams. Janola. Shearer. <laughs> Skulls. Jesus. Whoa, what a team that is. What a team, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, no. quickly, what was Janola like as a player and as like a character? I think as a, as a player in domestic football, um, was the best player I played with. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ability wise and what he did on the pitch was the best player I played with. Good characters, a real, real nice guy. I got on with David really well. Um, best player I ever played with was Gaza. Um, Gaza could do whatever he wanted when he wanted, how he wanted. He was just, he had the, you know, he had the world at his feet. You know, unfortunately, he had a, he had that self destruct button that he kept his finger on the whole time. But um, he was he was sensational. But domestically. Uh, you know, David Ginola was uh, was top, top, top. Now, I can't let that slip. And now you've said Gaza, I've watched the Gaza on YouTube. I need to know, <laughs> I need to know if this is true. Oh, no. <laughs> did he, is he saw that and said it, did he? When, when he walked out of the dressing room, is, is that what he did? No, not at all. <laughs> Fair it, happened, it happened once in the showers. And I told him... <laughs> I was like, I, you know, back then I had a little bit of tuft on my hair and so I did used to wash my hair in the, in the showers and I was doing that and um, it was soaked up and all that and then I just felt this tug and I was like, oh, what are you doing? And he went, oh, sweat. He said, sorry, Les, I just had to, I just had to grab it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't play them games. Don't, don't, you know, yeah. don't do them things. He's like, what, okay. What character he must have been. And then what? next week I know that he had to do it every, every, um, every, before every game, it made him score. And all that. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> Do you ever have regrets about like not playing any more games than you did for England? Like, yeah, I think yeah, I think through the the, the especially the 95-96 season when I went to Newcastle, and you know I had twenty goals by Christmas, and I still wasn't in the England squad. Yeah, um, you know, I suppose there was a bit of a clash of personalities between me, myself, and Terry Venables. Um, and then sort of like finishing the season and, okay, we didn't win the league. Um, but, you know, like I said, 96 was voted PFA player, player of the Year not to play a game for England. I don't think that happens in any other country in Europe, you know, no. um, around the world. I think, you know, the, one of your top strikers gets an opportunity to play at some some stage in, 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 in a major competition. Um, we've seen players in the past who... Um, weren't even featuring in their national teams, but because they had such a good season um, and scored scored the goals, ended up playing and being successful. So that was probably a disappointing time for me. And the fact that 
Venables felt me and Shearer couldn't play together. Um, everyone jumped on the bandwagon. No, no, they can't play together. And I remember when 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 Keegan uh, brought us together, he said, "I just I'm not trying to prove anybody wrong. I just think you two uh, would make an outstanding partnership." Did, did you ever have a chance to uh, like come back to QPR and finish your career at QPR? Did, did you ever have that chance? Um, it was it was strange because I went to I went to Bolton. Uh, Sam Allardyce had persuaded me to, to to play for another year, and um, I went there, showed me all my stats, and I was like, "I'm ready to retire, mate." And he said, "No, no, you can't. You've still got too much to offer football." Showed me all my all my stats and and persuaded me to play for another year. And then when I went there, it was like he said, "Look, you know, you scored more goals than Kevin Davis last year, but um, it, he's had his best year for us, so he's going to start. But you'll come you'll come off the bench, and eventually you'll get in the team." And they got off to an absolute flyer that year. It's the year they finished in Europe, to be honest with you. But they got off to a flyer. But then it got to around about November and they just went for a bit of a sticky patch. And I thought, oh, this is my time to play. I played in the League Cup, scored in the League Cups. So I thought, yeah, this is it. And he, he kept me on the bench. And so I went to him, saw like in December, and I went to Sam, do you know what? If this is my last year in football, I want to, I want to keep playing. I want to play. And he was going, what are you talking about? You're earning good money. You're sitting on the bench. You're coming off the bench. I went, no, no, no. I don't want to earn money from sitting on your bench. It's, I, this is not how my career's run. I want to. I want to keep playing. So um, he said, "All right, we'll think about it over a week or two. And I did. And then I went back to him, and he goes, "Look, to be honest, I've had a load of inquiries about you." And he said to me, "One of them's from QPR." And he said, "But I've told Ian Holloway to keep it quiet. Let me have a chat with you." And then, as I'm speaking, I'm in his office. It, it was surreal. I was in his office. He's talking about. It. He's got TV behind him, and on the ticker tape behind it, it says Ian Holloway says. He's got no. He's got no chance of getting Les Ferdinand back at. Uh, and he turned around and went, "Definitely not going there." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I told him to keep his mouth shut, and he hasn't. I'm not, you're not, definitely not going there. You're going to stay here." And then in the end, I ended up going back to Reading just because I wanted to play football. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, I've listened to Mick in his recent interview. Um, he's saying that we've had we haven't had any offers at the moment for our players, and I just want to know how much of that. You know, obviously, it is true, and how much is true. What do you think? Why do you think that is? Is it the valuation of our players, or is it just a market at the moment? I think if you if you look at in the championship at the moment, you know uh, you know look, Chrissy Willock unfortunately got injured towards the end of the season. Uh, Senny got injured, and probably at the time they were probably two of our better players um, from last season. Um, so the fact that they were injured, I, I didn't expect the phone to ring. I probably my phone's rung more for for Sinclair Armstrong than any other player in our squad this this, this year. Oh. Right, in terms of um, people making calls about them, and, um, and I thought, well, the Premier League starts a little bit later. Maybe I'd get I'd get a few inquiries, but at the moment, we we haven't had any about our players. You know, I've had rumours. I've had I've had the odd agent call me and say, "I oh, what's the situation with blah 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 blah." And I always say, "Look, I'm not I'm not willing to sell anyone, um, but if someone comes in with the right price, then you know we have to we have to look at it because that's the type of club we are at the moment." So, um, but. Um, no, like uh, Mick said, there's there's no one inquiring about our players at the moment. We need us. How close are we to needing a sale? Because obviously we want to be, you know, safe, sustainable. And I guess part of that is that we need to sell players. Um, we've sold easy. I mean, it, how close are we to that line? If that, if that makes sense. Or yeah, we're pretty close. Someone. We're pretty close yeah. again in terms of like you know. Um, um, I think you know. I always think you've got to be honest and you've got to be realistic. I mean, people don't want to hear it unfortunately, but it's, it's where we are. We do need to sell. And, and that's why, you know, what I've said, it's not about just having players in the team. It's about progressing them. Um, you know, I don't want to lose. I didn't want to lose Eze. I think just imagine if we had a, had Eze last year as well on top of what we got. But we have to be a real, realistic and that's the club we are for the time being because of this financial fair play situation. Yeah, I want to, uh, Brad mentioned it there. I wanted to sort of talk about transfers a little bit. I know it's sensitive information and it's probably not too much you can give, but the, the team does feel slightly light in a couple of areas. I know Mick said it. I think it's, you know, most people can see that. Is there yeah. work going on behind the scenes to try and get those positions filled? Yeah, we're trying our best. Um, we're trying our best to, to fill those positions. Like I said, I mean, if you look throughout the championship, I think the teams that have come down out of the Premier League, they spent and uh, Sunderland coming up have spent a little bit, but everything in between, no one's spent any money in the championship. There's not a lot of money to spend and everybody's doing exactly what we're doing, freezing loans at this moment in time. Does that make it harder for you? It feels like a different market this this summer, as in every time we're linked to a player, like eight or nine other clubs are linked, and it feels like we're all in a, 
every club is in the same pool and that pool is small and we're all fighting for the same sort of players. Is, is that what you're seeing and feeling? Yeah, it certainly feels like that. And I don't know, obviously, the COVID situation on top of everything else um, has, has not helped the clubs in the championship. And so, as you said, I think everybody feels like, you know, they're in the same boat apart from the teams that come down out the, out the Premier League. And I know you said I know it must be really difficult with Armstrong because I know we've spoken to him quite a lot on it. We don't we don't want to we don't want to put too much pressure on him, but we also <laughs> don't want to take away the opportunity that it could be. Yeah. But we also know that we probably are a little light up there. So, but if you bring someone else in, you kind of block that development. It must be such a big decision to you to, to decide which way to go. Is yeah, because at, at the moment, yeah, at the moment you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to put all your hope into to Armstrong. No. To, that'd be too much pressure on it on his shoulders. He might thrive from it, he might not. But um, you, you, as you said, you probably want to have uh, a backup for Armstrong and, and, and you know bring him in sporadically and let him play every now and again and come off the bench and so on and so forth. That would be his, his first season for us if, um, and, and then and push on from there. Um, so you wouldn't want to put him under pressure to say, right, OK, he's, he's week in, week out, who we're counting on. Um, but yeah, as you said, there's areas of the pitch that we're trying to work on. Um, you know, I like what Mick's doing at the moment uh, with, with with his coaches, and hopefully we can get the best out of some of the players that we've got. Are we close I'm to bringing anyone in? Are we close? Is there any anything over the line? Be close to the line, or um, we'd like to think they're close to the line, but as you get closer, <laughs> it just the line seems to stretch out a little bit further. Do you know what I mean? Just keep stretching for it all the time. But you know, we are we are working hard behind the scenes to to, to do what we can. You've been awesome, Brad. Well, no, I was just going to say, obviously, sometimes in football, I'm guessing, uh, from your perspective as well, for youth players, sometimes you've got to chuck them in the deep end because, you know, look at the likes of Rooney when he was at Everton. You know, that young, he got chucked in that deep end and look what he's become. So I'm guessing sometimes in football, like Sinclair Armstrong, you've just, you've got to bite the bullet and go for it. Yeah, listen, you know, and I come from, you know, when I, when I first went into coaching, I, you know, went into a first team, but then ended up working working with the youth at, at Spurs. And I see a generation of players come through and not all of them will play for Spurs, you know. Um, you know, before we, we got there, the likes of Harry Kane and people like that were going out the door um, because they never got an opportunity. Um, then the opportunity presented themselves and, you know, Harry Kane's what Harry Kane is today, um, you know, Andros Townsend, you know, uh, Tom Carroll, uh, Ryan Mason, and you know, to, to name but a few. And they've all gone on to have a career. But they wouldn't have had that career unless they were given an opportunity. Mm. And, you know, yeah. we understand. I, I understand not every young player at QBR is going to play in QBR's first team. You know, I'm not ridiculous to know that that's not going to happen. But sometimes people need to be given an opportunity just to see how they, how they, how they develop. And an opportunity is not one game. And they have to be the best player on the pitch for that one game. Mm. Now, an opportunity is give them a run of 10 games. And, and the reason I know this and understand it is when I was a young player at QBR and I was coming through, you know, I used to argue with the managers all the time saying, don't just play me for one game, give me a run. And then if I, after that run I haven't produced, I'll, I'll, I'll go over there and I'll shut my mouth. I won't say anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, sometimes in football, that's the sad thing, isn't it? Like you talked about social media before, a youth player coming in and then having a couple of bad games. The amount of stick they get on social media, I just, I don't agree with it, and it's it's no good for players like that. So, you know, I guess the opposite as well, isn't it? They could come in and have an amazing first game, and that's probably even worse because the expectations yeah. even higher. Exactly. Um, you know, you're kind of wanting to have an okay game. <laughs> you know, I'm just so fortunate social media weren't around when I was playing. <laughs> no, it's just a quick question. One. Uh, just a couple more questions. One is, I've noticed that the change in stance around loans, I don't know if this is going to continue in the window around a permanent deal at the end of it. Um, does that also narrow up or even more? Because, you know... It, it does, but what we don't want to do is, you know, we've said it for a long time now, that you don't want to be developing other people's players. If, you, if you're in a position where maybe you're going for it and you're, you know, this one player might make the difference for you doing that, you go, okay. But on the whole, if you can, you know, if we can, we try our best not to, to take loan players that we're developing for someone else. Does it go a bit a bit back to like the Narky Wells situation where he was on fire for us and then obviously Burnley got the offer from Bristol um, City for him? Um, yeah. We weren't in a position to necessarily match either the wages or the offer. So like, is that why, why you're trying to incorporate them now a little bit? So we almost have that first option on them. Yeah, exactly that. Um, you know, those, those type of situations where, 
you know, if we if we can do it, we we, we will. Um, but we understand where we are, like I said, as a club, and we, we can't cripple the club to 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 accommodate any one player. Um, it's about the club, it's about the whole, and it's about us trying to get to where we need to be. One last question, Les, before we let you go. Um, what what is it, what's the expectation, the board's expectation this year? Is there is it sort of? It felt like last year was a big expectation, but this year it's sort of gone back down to normal QPR sort of expectation, if you like. Is that represented within the board? I think, yeah, I think, listen, we, we always want to be competitive in every game we go in. Um, we know that we're a young team this year. Um, you know, last year we started off as a young team and ended up as one of the oldest teams. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, we, we, we can't like understand where we are. The board understand where we are and understand we have to do the way we're doing things is because of the way the situation is. So um, um, the expectation is, you know, we always say we want to be competitive in every game we go in. And that might be the easy answer. That might be the cop-out answer. But that's the truth. Um, and we just, we, we, we see how we go. Um, but it's about developing players and making the players that we actually got in our team better than what they are at this moment in time. Cool. All right. Well, we'll let you go. Um, thanks for coming on. And um, let's hope we can get a good result Saturday. Um, <laughs> top man. Les, top man, yeah. thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you, Les. Thank you very much. Good to speak to you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Been a pleasure, mate. Thank you. I mean, come on, you are. Yeah. You are. Yeah. You are. Yeah. Eternal as well. what, what do we what do we think of that? Good well, with it. Well, yeah, really month. good. I mean, yeah. Give us a give us some great information there, you know, and some great things to take out of it. Obviously, we only see from the sides of social media and things like that, but hearing it from the horse's mouth himself is, it, it, you know, it's it's pretty class to be honest. And I think. What people got to take from that is obviously he's doing his he's doing what he can for the club and the best he can. Sometimes it doesn't go the way it's going to go, and you know we all of us here probably are on the, if we lose a game we all get a bit angry. But they, it looks like they're doing the right path this time. If that makes sense. He's the face, yeah. isn't he? He's, he's the face of all the big decisions, and if the big decisions don't go right, he's the one who's going to take the fall. You know that's the reality of it, and that's the reality of his job, and that's what he's got to deal with, hasn't he, really? But it sounds like it doesn't bother him too much. And like he said, we don't all have the full picture, do we? That's the frustrating thing. If we had the full picture, we might have a different view. Um, but I yeah. think the Armstrong thing was mad. That he's had more inquiries and in, in, you know, interest in Armstrong than any other player in the squad. Don't know what your thoughts were on that. Hardly surprising. I mean, he's he's getting taught. You know, there was rumours mm. that he was wanted by likes of City and Celtic, you know, a couple of years ago, yet last year. I think it's, uh, you know, he's an exciting player and clearly he thinks he could go to the very top. No pressure on him as well. But yeah, no, it's not him. Felt like a bit of pressure we're putting on him already. We spoke about him probably more than any other player to Les. Um, You can tell how excited he is and the fans love him. So you just don't want to put too much pressure on him, do you? But you also want to give him a go. Like he looks a beast, doesn't he? In the friendly that we saw. He just yeah. throwing himself around. I love that. They had like a bit of Mackie about him where he was just flying into everyone. Yeah. Hopefully he's got he a bit of like... a better end product than Mackie though. <laughs> Don't just want another Mackie just yeah. running around the pitch, do we? Want someone that actually could bang some goals in for a change. Well, well if you can get someone who's got that Mackie, you know, that work rate and you know that desire and someone who can finish, then you're in you've got a diamond there, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, what do we feel transfers wise? Didn't give us too much. Didn't expect him to really because you know nothing seems to be too close. But he was at a meeting today. He said, didn't he? So interesting. Yeah. Well, I think things, you've, you've got to imagine it's going to be a lot of meetings at this time of year. Surely, like there's going to be loans. There's got to be like agents are probably getting a bit worried now. They've got players that are on freeze, trying to get them clubs before the actual season starts. Like we're worried about Willick's fitness, aren't we? So imagine if a player's coming on. Like a free transfer, they've not had no no proper preseason, so that's going to take time to bed in. Like the, all these the deals need to get thing, done. The interesting thing that he said, what what I took out of that was, you know, what we probably don't want to hear, but we have to sell, you know, and we don't want any players to go. And obviously, we didn't want easy to go at the time, but we have to sell. And he even said that the proofs in the pudding, someone will go eventually. And I guess that's how football clubs work to make. I've money. got no but issue with that. I guess it's the it's the it's the Brentford what Brentford and you know a few other clubs done really well, which is they sell and they buy really well. 
they sell and they buy really well. Like we then, need that shit that to happen. It doesn't. It, it, it's difficult, isn't it? And then you look at them now. Now they've got to the promised land. They don't need to do that because they're getting no, that exactly. hundred odd million a, 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 a year. That that's the thing, is it? Once we get to the Premier League, we can change our model of how we run as a club. Yeah. So it's, it swings in roundabouts, isn't it? Like football goes around in circles, doesn't it? It's like in cycles. Yeah. So it's this is like we're on the we're on the gradual cycle back up to the top, but we just it's just gonna take time. Worried about Willock and Amos not not kicking a ball in pre-season feels a worry to me. Feels like I didn't expect them to play too much on Saturday, like I said. But I, you know, like when players don't have pre-seasons, it's a worry, isn't it? Yeah, like I felt like it was Andre Gray last year, wasn't he? he? Came in with not a real preseason. It took him a while to get up and running for us. <laughs> yeah. just, you know, like, with with someone like Willock, who was so influential, we didn't want him to be what, what, waiting until September for him to hit any kind of form. We need it instantly. Be interesting to see what this Richards is like. He looks a bit like an easy type, doesn't he? Build wise, and he look you know looks like he can glide past players and, and got injured up. quite bad though, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's got a bit of an injury in a medical, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. not many people have seen much about him. Obviously, there's a player there and he's he's from Hammersmith, isn't he? Or around those... Yeah, yeah. keep it off, man. Yeah, he had, a, he had a cracking season on loan at Doncaster. Yeah. So, there's potential there. He's obviously got the ability. It's just hopefully he can stay fit this season for us. Yeah. Right, guys. So, before we like leave tonight, I'm going to do some stats for you. A new little section. Gonna call it our stats. Our stats. Our stats. Hopefully, <laughs> um, hopefully we get Jack back on to do it though. Yeah, that, that, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Ilias Chair last season reached a hundred and fifty games for us, but it was also a bit of a milestone for what number he was to do that. Anyone have a guess at what ranked player like it was? So, how many like players have hit that milestone of playing one hundred and fifty games? Any ideas? No, mate. Don't know, mate. He was the 120th player. You were expecting us to guess that. I was expecting, yeah, I was expecting to have a guess. This is what I'm here for. Right. The last time we played Bristol, uh, Bristol, uh, Blackburn Rovers away, first game of the season. Yeah. Anyone know when it was and what was significant about it? Oh, good question. First day of the season, yeah? Yeah. Okay, was it? Away as well. I feel like it was recent, like fairly recent. I don't know. Chris Samba played for Blackburn. <laughs> nope. I don't know why I've got no Jamie Mackey broke his leg, but that, that was mid-season, wasn't it? Yep. Don't know. No, it was in the 95-96 season, oh, first man. game of the season, and they Black uh, Blackburn Rovers were champions. What was the score? I can't remember. I didn't write it down. I can't remember that. That was a long time ago, mate. <laughs> so I was only seven. <laughs> um, right. So in games versus Blackburn, right? Our record is falling, not going to lie. We've lost 26, drawn 12, and we've won 17. So it's not looking <laughs> promising yes, Saturday. <laughs> Right then, lads, we'll end it there then. Um, quick, quick predictions for Saturday, bit of an unknown, but what are we going for, Ollie? What do you think, what do you think mate? I've been known for going uh, always for QPR, nil-nil. <laughs> on, the, on the fence. Yeah. Brad, what about you, mate? I'm going to go 2 nil. Ilias Who? Chair and Dykes. Mystic. Um, <laughs> with, the, with the record we've got at Ewood Park, I'm going to go for a... A uh, one-nil defeat. I think we're going to start the season badly. <laughs> yeah, for three-two, QPR. I know I'm not very optimistic, but for some reason I just found I, I just something's going to click. I mean, I either think we're going to win like, like a really good game, or it's just you know we're going to lose like two, three, four-nil. I don't know why I've got that feeling about the season as well. It's either going to go one way or the other, quite drastically. Um, all right, lads. Well, we'll leave it there. Anybody listening and you want fantasy football? We've got a league set up um, at gaffer. I think it's gaffer.co.uk but it's on the Twitter page so go on there and click on and join the league it's a bit of fun and um, we'll catch you all next week also just thanks for listening cheers lads
and also just to everyone like and subscribe and you know like Ben said thanks for listening we appreciate it so speak to you soon lads yes yours 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 Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.